Good evening. Today we'll be studying the third chapter of Hilchot Sota. And this chapter will deal with the procedure and the process of exactly what we do with the Sota. Just as a reminder, um, in Isha Sota is a woman uh, that her husband suspects her of being with another man. Uh, and he warns her in the presence of Tu'edim. And then Tu'edim find this woman secluded with the same individual about whom she was warned. Um, but the husband doesn't have uh, witnesses um, to bring, to bring um, to make a formal case that she did, in fact, have relations um, with the person um, that he warned her about. Um, again, I highly, highly recommend uh, for anyone um, to study the, um, the Pesukim in the Torah. They'll really give a, a great and much needed background um, just to understand these, um, these halachot. Um, the Torah speaks about Sotah in Sefer Bemidbar Perek He, starting from Pasuk Yod Aleph up until Pasuk Lamed Aleph. And as we've already mentioned, um, the Isha Sota and this whole process was really a last resort type of thing. And we really, and it was extremely embarrassing both on behalf of the husband and on behalf of the wife. Um, and as we'll see, again, uh, the ordeal was really um, just um, a way for the Isha Sota to be pressured and to confess. And the goal was not to have. Um, the woman um, drink the mehamarim, as we'll see. Um, and it, it's very, very clear um, from the halachot, as we'll see. Hilchot sota peregimal halacha aleph. Ketzat seder hashkaat sota. How exactly is the process of having the sota drink the waters? Habal ba'levetin shbeiro. The husband goes to the betin in his city. Ve'omer lahen. The husband again comes to the Bittin in his city and says the following that my wife, um, whom I warned um, in the presence of so and so and so and so, not to be secluded with um, a third guy, and she in fact was found. Um, to be secluded with this third guy, and um, and here are my witnesses, and she claims that she is Tehora and that they did not have relations, but I wish to have her drink the waters in order to check if she's telling the truth or not. So Bedin um, listens to what the Edim have to say and decide if he has a valid case or not. And the Bedin sends him um, to Yerushalayim along with two Talmidei Chachamim in order to make sure that he doesn't have relations with his wife until she drinks the waters because she is um, prohibited to have relations with him until she drinks the waters. Um, and the reason why we take her to Yerushalayim is because we only have the sota drink only in the presence of the Bedin 
Hagadol of 70 Zakanim that was in the Bet HaMikdash in um, Lishkat Hagazit. Halacha Bet. Higiru Lirushalayim. If once they arrive to Yerushalayim, Bedin Hagadon Moshivin Otah Benehen, the Bedin has the women sit in the presence of the court. Uma Ayamin Aleha Shelo Bifne Baala, and the Bedin um, warns her and pressures her, um, not in the presence of her husband, because it's possible that his that the wife is embarrassed to confess in her husband's presence. And the Bedin intimidates her in order for her not to drink the Mehamarim. And the Bedin tells her there are many, listen, my, our daughter, um, there are many pressures that can cause one to falter. Um, for example, wine or um, being um, acting in a joking or foolish way. Um, also acting immaturely and bad neighbors and bad influence can all push someone to have um, zinut and for, to have forbidden relations. And the Bedin tells her, don't cause um, God's glorious name that is written to um, in the process in the, of the sota, as we'll see, to be erased um, by the waters that she will um, eventually come to drink. And the Bedin continues to tell her um, and says, Our daughter, um, there have been many before you who were washed away by the Yetzer Hara and um, have faltered in um, in having forbidden relations. And very great, important, and respectable people um, have been overcome by their impulses um, and failed in regards to um, forbidden relations. And the Beddin tells her and describes to her um, the story of Yehuda and his um, and his daughter-in-law Tamar, in which Yehuda thought Tamar was um, a prostitute, had relations with her, um, even though she was um, his daughter-in-law, um, and she was supposed to be with his other son um, Shela, um, but Yehuda delayed in in giving Shela to her as a husband, so Tamar pretty much tricked Yehuda into having relations with her. Which was a forbidden relations relation, and the and the act the story of Reuven and um, and Yaakov Avinu's Pilegesh, um, based on the Peshat of the Torah, that according to the Peshat, a simple reading of the Humash, it seems that ya- that Reuven had relations with Bilha Yaakov's Pilegesh, and a Pilegesh is a woman who is married to someone. Without a ketubah and without kiddushin, um, and also we mentioned the story of uh, Yehud of uh, of Amnon and um, his sister, which was obviously um, a horrific story, um, and again was a forbidden relation. In order to, and we tell her all of this in order to 
make it easier for her to um, to con to confess what she did. I mean, again, all of these things were for all of these stories were forbidden relations, and just keep in mind how long this um, this would take. Um, and the betin is pretty much again, like I mentioned at the opening of the chapter, we want the woman to confess and not to have her go through the entire process of the sota because it was extremely embarrassing again for her and her husband. If at this stage the woman says, yes, I had relations, or if she says, I refuse to drink the waters, she um, leaves, she is divorced, um, and does not collect the money for her ketubah, and we leave her, um, and we, we let her go. If she stood firm in what she in her story and did not confess, we take her to the east gate of the Azara and the Beit Hamikdash. Shehu keneget kodesh kodashim that was a cross and facing the kodesh kodashim. Umamlin otah mimakom lemakom makifinba. And we take her um, around that area and and have her encircle that place. In order to wear her out and for her to get tired, because again, we hope that she confesses and we don't have to go through the whole ordeal. If again, she still stood firm and didn't confess, if she still again stood firm and didn't confess, we take her to a cross of the eastern gate in the Beit Hamikdash also known as Sha'ar Nikanor, and we um, place her there um, and keep her there for the time being. <clears throat> if she was dressed in white, back in the day, someone dressing in white um, was, um, back in the day, white was, um, worn for a celebratory occasion. So if she was wearing white, she sh should um, put on some type of dark or black. Um, but if she liked wearing um, black and it looked ni nice and respectable and celebratory on her, she should dress and put on a garment. And um, many women come and gather there. Because all of the women that are present must witness, must witness this. As the Pasuk Gimal says, should, let me just read the entire Pasuk to get a little bit of context. In, in Yehezkel, the Pasuk says, that um, the all that um, I will and this is who's talking that I'll remove all of the um, promiscuous actions from the land and all of the women present um, shall um, shall take um, 
Musar, sorry, shall receive Musar, shall receive um, a, um, will receive a lesson and will, will, and will um, understand the severity of being promiscuous in order for them not to do and act in a promiscuous way. And any man that wishes to witness this can, her, and witness her may come and do so. Back in the day, women would wear two types of hair covering, something called a kupah, that was um, some type of bandana that would cover her hair. Um, and then when the women would leave, and that was worn when she would, was in the house. And then when she would leave the house, she would wear something called a redid. That was another um, head covering or another um, bandana that was on top of the kupah and would cover her entire hair. So she would stand in, she, at this point she would stand without her redid or, and without her mitpahat, but she would be wearing her clothes and would wear um, the kupah that was on her head just as she would be um, in, wearing in her home. And we don't, and when, when she is there, we don't have any of her servants or female servants there because she might recognize them and um, she may feel confident because they're present and they might cheer her on and tell her to st stay firm and not to confess. And this again can cause her to. Um, feel at ease and not to confess. And then the Kohen has her make a shivua in any language that she recognizes, any language that she knows. And he lets her, and he lets her know in whatever language that she understands that the only thing that brought her to this uh, to this situation is the warning and the seclusion with the man that her husband um, told her not to uh, be secluded with and in fact she did she she was secluded with him and everything that is happening is a result of her own actions and the husband and the Kohen Gadol, sorry, the Kohen tells her in whatever language that she understands that if no man had relations with you and if you did not deviate from your husband, you will be cleared by these um, cursed um, waters. And you, as you have deviated from your husband and you have as you have been defiled, and someone had relations with you other than your husband, may God have you place you as a curse and as a um, as an oath within your nation. That God will have your thigh. Um, falter or your thigh rupture or your thigh in fact fall and your belly swell and 
and these cursed waters will come into your system and into your um, into your system pretty much and cause again your belly to swell and your thigh to falter as if you anyone who's paying attention here the coin gadol when he's describing exactly what will happen flips the order of because the um the swelling of the belly happens before the thigh um falters and if again also if anyone um, remembers these are actually verbatim pretty much the pesukim of what the torah says that the queen has to tell the women and the women has to answer um amen amen or um or i accept i accept whatever you are saying um as truth um and accepts in fact the oath that the kohen gadol is making in any language that she understands and the kohen makes a point and tells her that the she'll first feel the effect on her stomach and her stomach will swell first and then her thigh will falter in order not to not for people to get the wrong idea about the maim and for people to think that the maim uh, the effect of the mime was um, w- was um, was flipped. Halacha zayin. Ve'acharkach mevi megilash de or tahor kemosevet Torah. And then after um, the Kohen Gadol brings a piece of parchment made from a um, kosher animal, just as parchment, just as the just as would be brought in order to write a sefer Torah. Ve'chotev aleha bilshon hakodesh and the Kohen Gadol, the Kohen, sorry, the Kohen writes on it in Hebrew. Bidio, and by the way, Lashon HaKodesh, um, Kodesh here is the noun, and Lashon HaKodesh was the language that was spoken in the Kodesh, namely in the Bet HaMikdash. That's what Lashon HaKodesh means, <clears throat> similar to Ruach HaKodesh. Bidio She'en Bo Kalkantos, and he writes um, with ink um, that doesn't have with it kalkantos. Kalkantos was an ingredient used to make the ink permanent. And he writes, um, um, as we'll see exactly what he writes, but he'll write everything, he'll write the entire oath, um, and he'll write the women's name on it, just as we write for a get. As I mentioned, he writes the, everything that the Kohen told her in the entire oath, um, that I read in the previous halacha. Ot be'ot umila be'mila ve'chotevet Hashem kichtavo ve'eno kotev. Amen, amen. And he writes um, exactly what he um, made her swear to, um, letter by letter, word by word. And he writes um, God's name as it is written in the Torah, um, which is Yod and a and a He and a Vav and a He. Um, and he does not, but he does not write um, the women's response, which is Amen, Amen. So again, he just he writes the name of the women um, and the oath that he made her swear, but does not write um, her response or her um, accepting the oath. And and then the Kohen brings a clay um, vessel that no, that 
was not used for any was not previously used for anything, but it should not look like an old um, an old vessel. And the reason the Gemara in Sota Daf Tet Amud Aleph mentions that a clay vessel is brought to contrast her behavior because um, it, because the Gemara um, says that just as she gave her adulterer to drink wine in a valuable goblet, for example, in gold or silver or whatever other um, expensive goblet. So we let her drink the Meha Marim from a um, worthless vessel, namely clay that was much cheaper than any other um, material back in the day. But if the clay vessel was returned to the furnace, in order to make it look new, it is valid to be used. And um, half a log of water, um, which is about 150 milliliters, is um, poured into the vessel. Um, and the water, um, from the water of the kior, the kior was the fountain that was in the Beit HaMikdash. And they would use um, the um, the the half log measure that they would use use in the Beit Hamikdash, and then he goes with it inside the hechal. The hechal was the main building in the Beit Hamikdash. That inside it were the ulam, the kodesh, and the kodesh kodeshim. If anyone wants to see, um, Rabbi Rabbi Yochai Magbili has an excellent excellent a map of the Beit Hamikdash that you can really see exactly where this would take place. So. Okay, so yes, and then the Kohen Gadol enters the Hechal. Umakom haya sham amal amal imin haniknas uvot avla shelishayish v'tabah kevu aba. And there in the Hechal, on the right, once you would enter, there was a place, um, one ama um, by one ama, and there would be a marble board with a ring that was there. And the Kohen Gadol takes the ring, lifts up the board, and takes um, from the dirt of the ground of um, of the Hechal. Um, again, the um, Kohen takes, lifts up the board, and puts dust from, and puts um, um, dirt from the floor of the Mikdash. And he puts just enough dirt inside the water in order for the water to still be seen. And he puts inside it um, something bitter, some type of um, bitter fruit or vegetable. La'ana is um, a bitter fruit from the pumpkin family, or anything, any, or anything that would cause the waters to be bitter. marim, as the pasuk says, they must be bitter waters. And the kohen erases inside the waters um, what everything that um, was written for this woman, including her name, and including um, Shem Hashem, um, and including the um, rest of the oath that the Kohen Gadol wrote down. And you must erase it um, in, in, 
so much, he must erase it totally in order for nothing um, or no characters or letters to be um, on the scroll. And then after another Kohen comes to her from um, one of the other Kohanim that was working in the Azara, happened to be in the Azara. And he takes hold of the front of her shirt or the front of her garment and tears it so that he exposes her heart. And he exposes her hair and messes up any braids that were in her hair in order to shame her. And we and we bring in a rope and an Egyptian uh, rope was um, was brought in order to remind her of the um, of the action that is reminiscent of what the Mitzrim would do, as the Mitzrim were very, very notorious for acting in a promiscuous way. But if they couldn't find a, an Egyptian rope, um, they can use any other rope. And the rope is tied above her breasts in order for her clothes not to totally fall off and um, and she'll be totally naked because Kohen Gadol tore her clothes. So the rope would first be tied um, to her clothes above her chest. Then the Kohen Gadol would, um, ta- would um, tear um, her clothes again um, because we never want um, anyone to be totally exposed um, in public. Halachayod. <clears throat> And then one Isaron of was brought from the husband. Um, an Isaron is um, one tenth of an Ifa, which was 2.16 um, liters, and this is all measured in volume. Um, the Minha, some, just a note about the Korban Minha. Um, you can use typically wheat was used, but here um, barley is used, and according to the Mishnah, just as barley is given to the animals to eat, this is a subtle reference to the animalistic, animalistic and bestial nature of adultery, as barley is the food given to the animal and to the beasts. And um, it is given in a basket. Again, um, that was made in Mitzrayim. A kfifa mitzrit was a basket that was made um, from palm branches. Um, and, but, uh, but in other places, in other times, uh, the menachot um, would typically be brought in a gold or silver um, vessel. And the rope and the basket were brought, um, were funded by the Shiyare Halishka, if anyone remembers from Hilchot Shekalim Perek Bet. Shiyare Halishka was money um, that was publicly, um, that yeah, it was public funds that were, that was brought, um, 
yes, it was money. It was the leftover money um, that was brought from the Mahatit Shekel after um, all the money was used um, for the general maintenance of the Beit Hamikdash, for example, the Korbanot. So this is all the leftover money that um, the Beit Hamikdash had. So that was used um, to purchase the Hevel Mitzrit and the Kififah Mitzrit. And um, it is given to for her to carry in order again to exhaust her to confess again in order for her not to drink the meha marim. Then the minha is taken um, from the basket that she is holding and placed in a vessel that was used in the Beit HaMikdash, and oil is not um, put on the Qurban Minha, and neither is Levona. Levona is, if anyone wants to Google, plant called Boswellia, or Indian frankincense. Frankincense, As we mentioned at the opening of the chapter, um, there are th- these are two of the negative mitzvot in regards to the Chotzotah, um, that it is prohibited to um, p- to ha- put oil or levona on the korban minha of the sota. Beim natan loke al hashemen bifne atzmo veal halevona bifne atzmo shne emar lo yitzok ale alav shemen velo yiten alav levona. And if um, oil or levona shemen or levona was brought, um, the person um, bringing it would um, be liable for um, malkut for violating a biblical prohibition, but um, he would be liable for the oil on its own. And if he brought Levona, he would um, be liable for Levona on its own as well. It's two separate Levin. As the Pasuk says, um, oil may not be poured on it and Levona may not be brought with it either. Uchol zeman and this entire time throughout this process that the woman's hair is exposed and she is carrying and brings the uh, the isaron of the minha, the waters that she will eventually drink would be in the vessel in the hand of the Kohen, and the Kohen would show her the um, waters, again, in order to cause her to intimidate her and to cause her to confess. As the Pasuk says, um, and the waters, uh, the cursed waters, should be in the hands of the Kohen. And Halakha um, Yod Aleph, um, and only after all of this process, this entire ordeal, the woman drinks the meh, uh, and after she drinks, the um, vessel that the, that the minha was in is given to her, and the kohen. Um, puts his hand under hers, and the Kohen takes his hand under her hand and waves the, um, 
the Isaron, the Minha, um, in the east, just as all the Tenufot, the waving of all the Korbanot are done, um, he um, moves it forward, brings it back, moves it up, and then brings it down. And after he does this, he um, brings the Minha to the um, southwest corner of the Mizbeach, just like all um, menahot of individuals are brought. The Kometz, Kemitza, is when the Kohen would take um, a portion of the Minha, he would take a handful of the portion of the Minha, that is called Kemitza, and he would take it and throw it on the Mizbeach. Umaktira Kometz, and he um, puts the Kometz on the Mizbeach and sacrifices that. And the rest of the Minha is eaten by and baked, obviously, by the Kohanim. Bit. Now, this, the rest of the chapter, um, no, the next couple of Halachot will deal with exactly the results of um, a woman who would drink the Mehamarim, um, if she was innocent and if she was guilty. Im tehorahi, if the woman was um, pure and she did not have relations um, with that individual with whom her husband cautioned her not to be with, she leaves and goes um, by, on her own and, and is innocent. And she is um, permitted to be with her husband. But if she was in fact defiled and was um, impure and did have relations with that guy, right away her face would change color. Um, and Harambam here says, Morikot um, comes from the word Yarok, um, and Yarok um, in the language of Hahamim would include um, colors other than yellow. For example, it would include, um, sorry, it would include colors other than green. For example, it would include yellow, as we actually mentioned in Hilchot um, Milah, Perik Aleph. Um, so her face would change color to a shade of yellow, and her eyes would pulsate. And she would, her body would swell up. And the people around would say, um, take her out of the Beit HaMikdash in order for her not um, to, uh, in order for any um, menstrual blood not to come out because of the sudden um, fear and the sudden, um, and the sudden body, and the sudden, sudden changes the woman's body is going through. We suspect that um, menstrual blood may come out. And she will become, and she will effectively become become a nida. And a nida is prohibited to be um, in the um, azara. The nidot metameot azarat nashim, and the nidot are prohibited to be in the azarat nashim. And she is removed and taken away from the azarat nashim that she is currently standing in. And her belly swells first, and then her thigh um, ruptures and her it seems that her legs fall off and she will um, die at the same moment that she dies um, the 
um, suspected the person with whom she is suspected to have to have had relationship relations with um, will also die um, at any place that he is in. And the same bodily changes and death that the women um, that the women underwent, he will undergo as well, and his stomach will swell and his um, thigh will falter. And all of this, this is all provided that the women's husband never um, did anything wrong or had forbidden relations with anyone other than his wife. But if he did have forbidden relations, the waters do not check his wife, as we mentioned previously in Perek Bet. And if he violated this and had his wife drink the mesota, he is adding to his transgression a purposeful violation because he's causing for God's um, distinguished name to be erased um, for no reason. And he is, in a way, mocking the mesota because his wife um, would tell the other people that she, um, and would confess to other people um, that she um, did zenut. Um, because she doesn't want to be checked by the waters. And she, in fact, has no idea that it's a result of the husband not, um, that her that her husband's actions um, caused, caused this whole fiasco. Lefikach. Therefore, when, and this is um, pretty unfortunate, but um, when the um, promiscuous people um, multiplied publicly during the time of Baicheni, the Sanhedrin um, stopped um, doing this process of the Meham and they relied on what is written in the Kabbalah in um, in the Nevi'im. This isn't found in Hoshea Perik Dalid. That I will not prosecute uh, your daughters because they um, do zenut and not on your wives if they act promiscuously. And this was um, this um, this was established by Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakkai. And if anyone wants to look, it's found in the Mishnah Sota, um, Mishnah Tet, Aperek Tet, Halacha Tet. Okay, so now, from now until the end of the chapter, we'll speak about um, women that the waters don't have, that the Mehamarim don't have any effect on them or don't have any immediate effect on them. Halacha Tet Vav. Sota Shehayala Zechut Talmud Torah. A sota, a woman who did in fact deviate um, from her husband, but had some type of merit because she studied Torah. Even though she is not instructed um, to study Torah, 
this merit stands for her. And she doesn't die immediately. Rather, she gets weakened and she goes. But severe illnesses um, come upon her. Um, until she dies after a year or two or three years. Everything according to her merit. But she will, in fact, die uh, after her belly swells and after her limbs fall off. Sota sheshatat mehamarim, miyad. A sota that drank the mehamarim uh, but did not die immediately. She is permitted to be with her husband even if he was a kohen. Now, Harambam here adds this caveat of the kohen because a kohen's wife is prohibited to be, be with him um, even if she um, had zenut against her will and one may think that the waters do not check this type of women but if um, the, the sota drank the waters and did not die right away um, even a kohen can um, be with her even if um, diseases started to come on her come upon her and um, started to affect the rest of her limbs um, provided that her, her stomach doesn't swell and her um, thigh doesn't fall off as long as that hasn't happened yet um, she is permitted to be with her husband but once her stomach starts to swell and her thigh begins to fall off and rupture um, she is um, definitely prohibited to be with her husband a sota that drink and we find her to be, uh, and she was found to be innocent. She becomes strong. And her face lights up, uh, turns um, a shade of gold or yellow. And if she had some type of illness, um, that illness will go away. And she will become, she will become pregnant and she will, um, have a baby boy. And if she had difficulty uh, during childbirth, um, now she will um, have an easier time. If she typically had girls, she will now have boys. If as we mentioned, were people that witnessed her having relations with the man with whom her husband cautioned her not to be secluded with. So if come after she drank the mesota, she leaves her husband without collecting the money of the ketubah and is prohibited to be with her husband, even though none of the nothing um, that we mentioned happened to her namely the um, the um, the tzaveta bitna and and nipu um, and hapalat yarech um, because the waters don't the waters only check someone who don't have edim that um, that testify that she had uh, relations. Also, 
Um, perhaps her husband is not clean from any forbidden relations. And that's why the waters did not find, check his wife and the wife didn't show any signs of the sota. But if only one witness comes and testifies that she was defiled and she had relations with that guy, um, she can stay with her husband because she was already proven to be innocent after drinking the meh hamarim. A woman that um, had relations, not un- that had zenut or had relations not under her will or unintentionally, or um, the guy who was warned, who her husband warned her, um, warned her about, did not have typical um, intercourse with her. The waters don't check this type of women. Um, because the Pasuk says um, that this woman was not caught. And now we'll bring um, three um, different Pesukim um, demonstrating um, that, we, that ha- sorry, that Hachamim learned um, exceptions for, the, for these three types of women. Um, so what the first Pasuk, and all of these Pesukim are in, the, um, in regards to Esota, the Pasuk says that she was not caught. This excludes um, a woman that was that didn't have really that had relations not under her will because she was um, forced and she was um, caught by um, by the per, by the other guy. But him that you that she this woman um, um, rebelled against her husband um, knowingly. Um, this excludes a woman that did it unintentionally. Um, and the final pasuk, when the pasuk says that a wim- that some that the other man had re- had normal um, relations with you, this comes to exclude um, someone who didn't have normal um, relations or normal intercourse intercourse with that woman. We'll do um, Perek Revi'i, the final chapter of Hilchot Sotah tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.